Hello, everyone, and welcome to our habitat. This is Doc's Book Chat, where we talk about Dawn of X and things related to Dawn of X. This week, we are talking about the first nine issues of Extreme X-Men. It talks about um, Destiny's journals and how what they're going to do with them. I am Rodders. I am Juan. I am Fox. And I'm Amas. Well, that was one of our smoothest openings we've ever done, guys. Everybody did. That was very smooth. I really appreciated that. Um, so this was a book. This book. Um, can I just say something? Sure. The thing I disliked the most about this book was the fact that it was colored by Liquid. I, I don't know who that, that is. Um, Liquid is like a coloring company that was started in like the 2000s. They did a lot of coloring for like X-Men, Marvel, and DC. And all mm-hmm. their coloring was kind of like this kind of really muddy coloring. So that's the thing that I dislike the most about this book. I know we're always like, let's start off positive, but let's start off negative this time. Let's mix it up. <laughs> let's um, flip everything on its ears. So, because I think that's what like most people get. Um, that's what makes the book kind of hard to read because the art is genuinely like pleasant. Like, I don't mind the art. It's the coloring because it distracts from everything because everything looks, it looks like if you took an MCU movie and made it into a comic and like this is Ooh. the result. That's Ooh. that's what the coloring looks like. Ooh, almost See, com- like, coming in hot with the MCU slander. I felt like it had like, a, it had like a weird filter on it. I hated it. Like when someone tries to like facetune their face mm. and it smooths it out. I do not like that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, Salvador La Roca, his art his art's never been that great, but it's just gotten it's it's changed but not in a good way. It's not gotten worse, it's just a different type of bad now. I mean, well, I, don't... I can I didn't mind the art in this whole thing though, but I could definitely see I've definitely seen better. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, the art wasn't that bad it was just the outfits that were freaking something else they were very early 2000s they were very much bdsm like let's do some like some like clips and some bands and some straps and some leather and some this, latex this was the only fans era of x-men <laughs> there you go <laughs> only fans x-men I mean, like, here's the thing, like, I think the costumes in this aren't too terrible. Like, in the first issue, you're like, okay, these are fine costumes. But then, like, once you get to the second issue, it's like, all the costumes are just like, these are gimp outfits. Why are there so many straps? Why is is this leather and not latex? Like, why is this leather and latex and not spandex? (laughs) Everything happens, like, that's the main... See, the story isn't that bad in this book. I actually genuinely like the story here. Like, um, no qualms with it. It's just all of it on top of each other. And this is one of, like, Claremont's most horny books. In between, like, in the first five, in the first five pages, you have um, Psylocke getting a foot massage. And then in the next issue, when Beast saves um, Betsy. Yes, um, moment oh he God. tells her did anyone tell you you glow while you're using your tk when you're using your tk and she's like oh people have told me i'm glow i also glow after it and it's like yeah i get it this is a sex metaphor i thank you claremont <laughs> thank you so much claremont this is ruining my day like I other like, than that it's a, it's a genuinely good story 
that's all I have to say about like <laughs> how much I enjoyed this. I actually liked the interaction between Beast a lot. I was like, oh my gosh, I want them to be together now. <laughs> I like weird shit, so I don't care. I, I don't want Psylocke with Sad Boy McGee. She's already had well, one maybe, Sad Boy. Maybe he wouldn't be sad if he had a, a you know a Psylocke next to him. You know, they could. She's like really, you know, skillful and with her emotions, and he's really smart and not he has with his Abigail emotions. Brand for that. Yeah, yeah. That, exactly. He's got to have a good brand. He needs a no. a power top girlfriend. <laughs> well, that's still Abigail Brand. You think I would? She gives him the strap. It's fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. She very much. I remember the one scene. It was in X Men. It was in the X Men Regenesis special right before the team, right before Wolverine went and started Jean Grey school. Is um. Beast got the email from from uh Wolverine. Wolver, from no from Steve that oh. Wolverine was starting a school and then he was in the other room from Abigail Brand and Abigail's like, Hey, get your furry butt over here. <laughs> <laughs> furry butt in bed now. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh yeah, I, I see I see the um <clears throat> the dynamics in that relationship. Right. He's a subs in relationships. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> But this was definitely, like, Claremont, like, writing, like, as an old horny man. Like, yeah. and I, it was just interesting. Like, where you use needles that don't torture you. They pleasure you. And I was like, oh, okay. I kind of like that, too, but it's different. I don't know. I liked a lot of things in this book that people probably didn't like. I've watched the movie Orgasmo, <laughs> and it was like, I'm going to hit you with the Orgasmonator. That's basically what he did. <laughs> well, well, speaking of outfits, I... Well, first of all, I loved how Claremont... I love that Storm is the leader. You know, Claremont is... Yeah. Claremont is known for giving Storm so much, you know dialogue and all that and that's one of the reasons why i love this story a lot and i'm definitely gonna finish extreme x and i'm gonna read all 42 issues i don't care i like well it. here's the thing i finished it before it's a good book it's just yeah like i said it's just like too horny for my taste <laughs> right so alma since you've read this before do they continue on looking for the diaries because i was like wait our main reason i wanted to read this story was because of the diaries yes um, they do continue looking for the diaries, but it's also like you know how Claremont had like the overarching arts in Uncanny X Men. Like um, he built up to Phoenix, uh, the Dark Phoenix saga, in like the issues before. He right. did the same thing with this book, so you'd have to continue until twenty four for the conclusion. But I don't remember a lot of it because it was like a while. I read it like two years ago. Mm. I, I but I do remember enjoying this, okay. but like screaming every time it was horny. I know I keep I know I keep <laughs> mentioning this, but like. There are so many things here that I look at it and I'm like, you could have just removed that in this book. Would have been so much better. <laughs> but um, one thing I'm glad that he didn't remove was Storm, like, very stylish, sexy as hell outfits. Because it's Claremont. I don't care, okay? She, no other <laughs> artist, no other book gives Storm the credit of being, like, a stylish model, not a model, like goddess in this book i mean from the black top to the red skirt to like the little blue and yes, white Rodney, dress saw your twitter to the dominatrix like <laughs> crop top leather boots oh my god i love all of it <laughs> rodney just storms his drag queen he's just like like he wants to see the looks i do i want to see the looks and i got well, it i was fed 
Well, here's the thing. Um, I, I think this is just like because of like 90s era X Men. You saw their you saw the X Men more in their civvies than like newer X Men, and yeah. I think that's just because of like at that point the X Men weren't hated and feared just yet, or they were at that point where it was like, yeah, we can exist in the real world without people attacking us every day. You know, like right. it was during that era, and then like after the 2000s is when like they were all in their in their costumes all the time. Like, even... We haven't seen all of the ex-kids in, like, casual wear. I think... No, the we only, haven't. I, I can count on my hands the ex-kids I've seen in casual wear is the thing. Right. You know? Because um, after that, they were either in the Jean Grey school uniform or in the costumes. Mm. And I, So, this is... Like, this is from a completely different era. Uh, but I do have to say, I do kind of enjoy, like, the costume they give um, Bishop here. I really like it. Um, I, I like it, except for the receding hairline. I was like, they did my boy dirty. That hair. I, I was actually it really like Bishop. Yeah, yeah it was that. receding, unfortunately. Mm. <laughs> I didn't even notice. <laughs> it's like when I read um, Age of X-Men, and like they gave Warren like the deep widow speak, and all I could like tweet about was like, I can't believe they gave Warren, like, because I think it was the same issue where, like, so much stuff happened and, like, everyone was complaining about it. And I was like, I can't believe they gave Warren receding hairline. Why aren't we talking about Warren receding hairline? Why aren't we talking about this? Um, this is how I felt with, like, Bishop. But I think that's also because um, they don't know how to really draw, like, um, black hair. Yeah. I think yeah, that's, that's a really true. big problem with a lot of artists who draw Bishop is that they don't know how to draw him, like, black, exactly. essentially. Um, oh, side note, speaking of Bishop, did. Bishop, did you guys all see that? Um, uh, what's his name? Method Man posted something on his Instagram yes. cosplaying as Bishop. I that did. Really, that so Method good. Man has been like, um, what is it? What's the campaigning. campaigning to be Bishop for years now. And I hope that they should cast him. I mean, why not? They get probably more recognized <sighs> for the character. No. Well, I mean, you know, like, just feed him some lines. He can probably act a little bit. <laughs> has he ever been in anything? Yeah, the movie How High. I haven't seen that. Would no, would, and I'm pretty okay. Yeah, no, I don't remember him in anything that I can think of. He's had a few roles, and he's done like horror films and stuff like that. Okay, but, but um, uh, back to I, one thing. I, one thing, another thing I really liked about this was the um, I don't know if you remember that futuristic motorcycle, um. Uh, like the detective that was working with. Oh yeah, the red one. Yeah, that that was really cool. It reminded me of Akira. Nice. Oh yeah. I, I enjoyed that. That was fun. Um, I do have a question. What I was really confused because okay, they started in Spain. When did they make the move over to Australia? For Gambit, remember? No, when? No, no, no. Uh, you know when Gateway came up after her after um. After Betsy died, you know how they were sitting around the campfire and yeah. Gateway opened the portal? That's when they moved to Australia. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That explains why Gateway was there. And they, oh, okay. they finally yeah. revealed that he's his grandpa. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Um, That's there's weird. A lot, there's a lot of things in, like, the story, which... It, it had, like, this really weird pacing, the first three issues, and then really weird pacing in that it was, like, off and on pace, the issues after it. Like, Claremont kind of didn't know what to do. And, like, right. at first, like, at first I was like, what's going on? But then I remembered, and I, I'm pretty sure I shared it with you guys, but this was, like, at the point where Marvel was like, if they die, they die. If they die, they're dead. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Not bringing them back. So um, Claremont was talking about it, and Claremont was like, oh, I had some other ideas for her, and she was supposed to come back, and it was supposed to be, like, this really epic um, moment, blah, blah, blah. But, like, at the time, he had, he had like, released a story. They told him to rewrite it. Um, to either remove Psylocke's death or to, like, remove Psylocke completely from the book. And he was just like, I'm just going to keep her dead. Okay. We're, we'll work He's around lost. it. Well, she came back anyway. So <laughs> No ex was really dying. No. Unless you're mimicking, you stay dead. Right, honestly. Mm. But uh, what I did like, and what it's kind of like what I didn't like and what I did like. Um, first, what I did like is Claremont, how he really emphasized each person's power. Like, we really found out what Storm could do, like, go underwater and, you know, create the air currents or whatever. And I've seen, I haven't seen Psylocke in the beginning of, like, the first two issues before she died. Certain things that she could do for a power, I never think she could do that before. Like, I don't know if she could still do that now, I don't know if they got retconned or something, but she was way more, like, she's always been kind of badass. Obviously, she's a ninja and everything, but with more her telekinesis and everything, I haven't seen it to that extent. Yeah, when she was using her... Um her katana, her side blade, and it says it doesn't leave a mark on mm. your skin, but it leaves a mark on on you, like you, on your mental state. Yeah, that and was she was like cool. pushing things open with it and pushing pushing people away when like um, she was actually being telekinetic. Yeah, she's actually being telekinetic, and I didn't know she could do that. I didn't know she had that kind of power like that. I didn't know her power could be that extensive. So, but that goes along with the other thing I didn't like is how much Claremont talks <laughs> so much dialogue like i like all the information but if he wants to give that information i wish it was like put in a different way um kind of like how hickman does with the graphs like obviously not that way because that's not his way but just in a different way not in big paragraphs in the story like that's a lot to read it was funny because like every time like i guess because thunderbolt was a uh, thunderbird was a fairly newer character that he kept saying, oh, he can control harness the solar rays. And like over and over and over again. Okay. I was like, I get it. Homeboy can control Okay, you, ha- you clearly haven't read like New Mutants. In New Mutants, every other issue is that like, yeah, Sam Gersey, he's invulnerable while he's flying. Like that's in every single issue. At that point, you think you would have gotten it, you know? But Claremont just, he, Claremont likes food feeding people because he doesn't want anything getting lost in the text. And I think that's important to know about the way he writes, yeah. which is why it seems like it's very wordy sometimes versus like Hickman, who just like Hickman does a thing where he assumes you're smarter than you are, <laughs> which right. we've noticed a lot of people are not smart enough to get, understand um, Dawn of X. So that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, honestly, a lot of people want everything to be spelled out for them. And sometimes you just have to use common sense. <laughs> And some people don't have that, unfortunately. Can you remind me again every pay, every uh, issue what people do again, please? I forget. <laughs> but I, I will say this team was was a good team because I like I like the combination of characters that were in the story. Oh, definitely. Um, I'm just gonna say I do like the entire detective plot with Bishop, and I right. do like the fact that. The, he used um, Lady Mastermind in such an interesting way, the way that he, she kept um, Tessa trapped in her own mind. Because, like, it's, it's kind of really hard to do that when you have, like, 12,000 telepaths on a team, you know? Yeah. But it was really fun to see that plot again, to just um, have people playing mind games and you can't get out. And I, 
And I really love Sage as a character. So seeing her like this again is really fun for me, especially when you know how she how much she graduated into um, her spy role in X-Force. Yeah. I really love Sage's character because I'm not going to lie, going into this, I didn't know too much besides, you know, the current stuff with Sage. Um, but it made me appreciate her more of a character, seeing her, like, history with the X-Men, how, like, when Tessa was in her mind, I mean, uh, yeah, when Tessa was in mind, it was like, oh, by the way, um, you are supposed to be a spy. You're not a hero. You're a spy. Like, that whole mentality of early on when she was, like, originally starting, like, mm-hmm. I'm like, that is so cool. Like, she's the unfortunate one that had to not be a hero and get, you know, educated the way the other original five did. She had to be the other she was like the bastard of like the X-Men. The black sheep, if you will. Exactly. Um, I think I think what's also nice is that um, she and Beast were um, recruited to the X-Men at the same time. And they were on this team at the same time. This is like Sage's first big role in a comic, if I remember correctly. Um, so I want to see how this reflects in X-Force. This causes like a source of tension between them. Because right. Sage probably has grown out of the fact that, like, oh, I'm the black child of the X-Men, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. But it's like, would that still cause tension these days, even though they're both sort of adults now? Because it seems like a very deep wound for her. She seems mm. very pained about it. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, like, I, it's, it's she's the kind of like the wild card. She's kind of like Mystique, except, you know. She's like the good version of Mystique, where she's always going to be the double agent kind of thing, because that's what she's been trained to do. Yeah. I was interested. I mean, it was interesting that um, I didn't know this is the first appearance of Lifeguard. And I didn't know this is how she was introduced. Yeah. That's I didn't what know, I was just about to say. Yeah. I was, like, oh, I was so excited to see her. I was like, oh, that's that character from the from the lagoon and, you know, X-Force. That's her. Yeah. I had no clue who you were, but you are literally a lifeguard. Yeah, yeah. I was like, we need to see more of her. Way to be on the nose there, Claremont. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And, like, um, when they first introduced her to her name, I was like, I recognize that name. Where have I seen the name before? And I thought it was, I thought it was the girl that could fly with the other people. Mm -hmm. With the, you know, the guy with the red wings and all that. And Husk, you know, that family. Oh, yeah. And I was like, she's too old. And she was in a (laughs) camp. So I was like, this can't be her. But I was like, where do I recognize his name? And I was like, oh, this is a new one. I mean, not the new one, but whatever, the the mermaid one. (laughs) Yeah, they gave her her mermaid form in the lagoon picture. Yeah, they gave her the mermaid form in this one, too. No, but I mean, like, that's how you know it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I really liked how, um, oh, God, what was I going to say? I I liked the fact that, like, at first I thought, okay, so lifeguard's essentially, like, Darwin. Because the way she explained her power, she goes, my power adjusts to what I need. But it isn't like that at the same time. It's 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 deeper than that. Like when she's inside Sage's head and the way she uses her power is really cool. But that was also with the help of Sage. She was able to unlock her like potential more potential. I thought that was really cool. I'm like, man, I really want this character in a lot more. Right? Like why haven't we gotten more of her? I don't understand. I mean, we'll probably get more of her. Why haven't we gotten more of like all the other kids? I mean, it's true. <laughs> I'm sure we get more of her during this series, but maybe she just 
there's maybe something happens where she doesn't want to be a part of the X-Men for a while. I don't know. Well, she's in Krakoa. I mean, yeah, no, but, like, everyone is in Krakoa, basically, though. So that doesn't count. <laughs> Except for Legion. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Legion's in prison somewhere. Legion. Is that way. Oh, I'm actually. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm uh, oh, uh, sorry. What I wanted to say is that, like, I really love Neil in this. I think he's an amazing character. I I, I personally love him a lot. Um, he, he his first appearance is like in X Men, um, late nineties. Like I think it was in the early nineties. So the second series he's like starring in. He has like the big role in. And it's really interesting to see, like, this character who's an adult who's having trouble adjust, like, he's having trouble being an X-Man. Because, right. it, it, like, you're so used to being, like, seeing, like, teenagers struggling with, like, having the problem. But this is an adult. This is a guy who went to college and graduated, and now he has to adjust to being an X-Man. And, he doesn't, and everyone around him is, like, so advanced. And, like, he doesn't know how to fit in. And it's, like, um, not, totally, not totally into the music metaphor, but it's, like, when you come out, at like age 24 and at that right. point like everyone else knows who they are but I don't exactly and I do love the fact that he's being like trained by Bishop it's it's a very um wholesome story story in that sense um I'd love to see him and Bishop interact more um if he comes back in Marauders I'll bite my tongue and read that book um, <laughs> are you not reading really... the book anymore no I'm reading it it's just um I'll read it with a smile on my face Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. have we seen him in the current no. room at all? No. Anywhere? No. No. Okay. After um, M Day Destination, I think he sort of disappeared into the backlog with a lot of other characters. Okay. He, yeah, he's just sense. one of those characters that get lost. Like all of Claremont's characters, unfortunately, get lost in like the shuffle. Yeah. Because yeah. he's because he's also picky with who writes his characters. Mm. Um, like the reason Betsy has like such a huge role in the story is because she's um, Claremont's sweetheart. He created her, he wrote her from uh, Captain Britain all the way down to, like, the series, you know? Mm. So that's why she gets a lot of, like, fluff in the beginning, and that's why her funeral is such a big deal. Right. You know, because usually you get, like, the two lines. Like, I think only Betsy and... um, Yeah, only Betsy and Wolverine get this kind of treatment when they die, because if I remember correctly, when... Cyclops died it was like three lines of dialogue as he deserves oh. <laughs> yeah um, um I, I really actually like Thunderbirds oh one thing I did at, like towards the end was the um the psychic connection between Gene and Storm oh my god I thought that was really cute because I just read New X-Men like a few weeks ago for the first time, the Grant Morrison run that's going alongside this one. And um, that's the one, right? Yeah. Yeah. And since I just finished that, I know what they're, I know what actually Gene is going through, obviously with Cassandra Nova and all that. And the fact that she just needed like some solace, just like some grounding to go talk to Storm, her best friend. And oh, that was such like, that was probably my favorite moment. That was a really good. Throughout these whole nine issues. Yeah. Like when I saw that, I was like, I had to take so many pictures with my phone. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I love this. I want more of this. I'm like, we need more of the this kind of things in, um, especially with Storm and Jean, in the Dawn of X. Like I want more interpersonal relationships between, and just like, Talking about anything, yeah, you know, not really talking about battle strategies or anything, just talking about feelings, life, yeah, yeah. I, I did love that, like 
how it was running alongside new X-Men and how this also had a silent issue. Yes. That was really cool. I was like, yes. oh, wow. So, like, in the new X-Men, it was them inside Cassandra's head, inside her headspace. So, in this one, it was about to go into Sage's headspace. That was kind of like the opposite of it, which was pretty cool. I mm, like that. Yeah. Can I give you guys a little background on that whole silent thing? Absolutely. So that was there was I think it was either an entire month where or a week two weeks where Marvel was doing these things called Nuff Set issues. And where Nuff Set issues was the all the books happened and none of them had words in them. Oh, okay. So it was all the books were doing silent issues. There's actually I'd read a Spider-Man one where it was right after Peter Part. Uh, what's her name? Um, uh, Aunt May oh. finds out Peter Parker's Spider-Man, and this is oh. in the J. Michael Straczynski Spider-Man run. And he, and so she finds out that he's Spider-Man. And so it turns out that she had been fun. She, Aunt May never really liked Spider-Man. And so Aunt May had been like sort of sponsoring the Daily Bugle and their anti-Spider-Man stuff. Oh, wow. So she emailed, uh, what's his name? Uh, J. Jonah Jameson and told him that she had to, you know, back off of working with him. And so that, that was just, that's just a little background on Nuff said, but yeah, like every issue at the That's time, cool. Nuff said issues, and it would just end with the Nuff said, which was you know Stanley's big thing back in the right. like he would end his letter columns with Nuff said. That's pretty rad. I like yeah, that's that. Cool. I didn't know that at all. Yeah, especially like how it went into like the next issue was issue nine, which was Gene and and uh, Storm, and that was right before I think they went inside Cassandra's head. Yeah. So it was like it was her calm before the storm of going inside Cassandra Nova's headspace. So it was really cool that the one person she wanted to talk to was her best friend Storm, and they're both going through something. Yay, friendship! <laughs> friendship <laughs> I just is magic. Say, um, I remember words in issue eight. Um, I think I might have imagined those were words because I kind of read it all in like three hours, like the nine issues. Um, but I think Claremont just had so many words that, like, the silent issue, to me, had, like, dialogue. And, like, I know a... going, and now going back through it, there's no dialogue. I there's just, no dialogue. It's just, just zaps and pows. Yeah, but I, I distinctly remember there being word bubbles, but I think I was just, like, so stressed out by the amount of words at this point. I was like, <laughs> I, they have to be there. Because I was going to quote something from issue eight, but then I looked at it, and there was, like, there's no words. There's nothing. Which is funny, because, like, I, if there was any words on that book, I would not have finished the book before this podcast. I literally finished it two minutes before we started recording. And I was like, thank God this is the silent issue. The thing is with Claremont, like, there are writers, like, the thing that just popped in my head is, like, Jason Aaron, for example, in his Thor run, he writes a lot of words, too, but you don't mind it because he's, like, it like flows. It really. I don't know if y'all. He read balances it, it with action. And yeah. Words. Well, but yeah, also but here's it, the thing. Thor also talks a lot. Like you expect yes. Thor to like never stop yeah. talking. He True. monologues a lot. True. Experian monologues. <laughs> but it flows better. Yeah. Like it's like a. It's like kind of like poetry. Well, it's because also Thor's doesn't have all the little boxes that much. Mm-hmm. 
Like he oh, doesn't have true. the dialogue boxes as much. And He's then also face. thought bubbles on top of his speaking bubbles. Oh, and yeah. just like there's, there's no yeah. telepath there. So. And Thor's not that deep. No. Well, he is, but like not as in all that stuff. Yeah. It's just, it depends on the writer and the story, I guess. No, but I, I definitely dig this. I could definitely tell this was, you know, older Claremont for sure. Here's the thing. This book and, like, what was it called? And the Nightcrawler solo from 2010, I think, are the only two valid Claremont books in my in my book. Because um, <laughs> I just, I generally like Extreme X-Men. It's just, like, sometimes um, there's... he He's very um, crass sometimes. Um, yeah. I've met he, him. He's very crass. He comes off as... there's Okay, so I'm part Indian. A lot of Neil's writing is very racist. And I just, like, have to sit there and be like, uh, okay, I guess. Thank you, Claremont. Thank you so much for this um, fetishization of his culture. And Betsy um, getting dressed up. Like, I'm like, thank you. But, like, no Indian man would actually act like that. But I guess. Um, and I know it comes from a place of, like, Claremont, try, Claremont trying to do a good thing, but it's just one of those things where he fumbles and falls over, and I think it's okay to criticize him for that. Um, right. Those are just like the those are like the nitpicks I have with the book. Um, mm. I also have the giant, the big giant nitpick, which I forgot to mention at the beginning, and I should have. Um, but this is like I, this is, I'm the only one in the world who has a problem with this. Um, but I hate the fact that he turned Beast into a cat. Because after oh, the yeah. is when Beast is just a cat, and I yeah. hate the design. Like they from 2004 his... to 2013, Beast is a cat, and I hate that era of X Men. Yeah, because I noticed that when they're like, "Oh, his true form, his next, his next evolution," and I was like, "Oh, here comes a cat form." I kind of like the cat form. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't like <laughs> I don't like it to that extent. I, I think I don't like Astonishing X Men's cat. No? I hate that. Hmm. Josh Whedon's Cat Beast, I hate it. Really? I'm, uh, His Cat Beast was so weird. It, like, here's the thing. You can lean into, like, giving Beast, like, cat characteristics in the same way you give, like, Warren Bird characteristics. Because, right. like, it's kind of funny, but, like, Whedon just, like, went for it. It just came off more as creepy rather than sincere. Right. Like, like it came off as creepy rather than, like, a funny thing. And then gave him pants that, for by no stretch of the imagination, should be able to stay up. Mm-hmm. I was like, this whole thing doesn't make sense to me. Well, maybe he was trying to make Beast creepy, because I mean, even in alternate timelines, Beast is kind of creepy. Like, they yeah. go Dark Beast. I like Dark Beast, though. Dark Beast he looks cool. Fun. He's fun. He's dead now, but he's fun. <laughs> but uh, for this. You. St- Thank you, Magic, for killing Dark Beast. We greatly. Right? For putting okay. him through a ceiling. Okay, let's let's debate this for a minute. He's technically a mutant still. However, he has killed some people. But yes. would he be allowed in Krakoa? Because he's technically still a mutant. Well, he I think he's allowed on Krakoa. Well, I think he's a oh Darby's if he was still alive. Well, wouldn't he be alive? Because like Xavier said, all mutants. Right. Well, I don't think they're thinking of like time displaced dead mutants. So. But this is But a then thing. that wouldn't count cables. And exactly. This is oh, the I thing see. that is annoying me after I was reading this, after this Extreme X-Men run, and I started 
putting this in the Krakowin mentality. And I was like, why are time displaced mutants allowed to be on Krakoa if technically they're a form of a precog? Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to quote this man because he, he constantly, because <laughs> I kind of have to, uh, Jared, I snow nothing. Who's yes. our competitor who I'm technically, I guess supposed to be enemies with, but nah, um, <laughs> he said pre, cause that's one specific future. That's, and their future is technically an alternate timeline. Yeah, it is. So it's the same reason, what's her name, Layla Miller would be allowed on Krakoa because she only has future events of a different timeline. This is this is the specific timeline. Yeah, all right. So here's the thing. Beast <laughs> has a time cube. And like this was the plot of all new X-Men. Is Zach not allowed on Krakoa? Like, here's the thing. I'm not saying Beast would. I'm saying Beast will. Um, try oh, to go yeah. through the future to see what's going on. And he's going to mess stuff up. Does um, he still have it? Well, I think he can still create one again. Like, the only oh, okay. reason, like, only X-Men, they couldn't travel back in time was because, like, they needed a plot or something, you know? Like, their entire plot was, like, um, Scott is evil now. We have to turn him back to good. And then Warren ran away. That was like yeah. what all new X Men was about. It was a whole lot of nothing. They could have just resolved them, resolved it in like three issues. The time cube was there. <laughs> they just didn't want to go back. And then yeah. Warren ran away. That's like the entirety of all new X Men. I, I it's funny you say that because I I had just been reading that run and I was telling Rodney I was like, why didn't they just send them back? There was a whole story about the like children of the atom coming and like telling them that you need to go back home you need to go back home and they're like oh we tried if something didn't work i guess they got something else to do and i was like uh no they were just stubborn they were super duper stubborn no, but they're like okay they're finally we're gonna send them back in time but they couldn't it wouldn't allow them to but go back even in after that in the stories and like x-men and blue and like some of the stories before yeah. that they they like bring up the fact of like hey maybe i should go back now because, you know, you're not supposed to be here. And they're like, no, well, I don't want to go back. That was the whole thing. Yeah. At that point, they have gone too far because he had Cyclops doing, uh, you know, his pirate thing with Corsair. And then he joined the champions. And then Warren got fire wings. And then Beast yeah, started champions. doing magic. <laughs> and Beast started doing magic. And then Jean was trying to figure out how to become, like, a psychic ninja. Yeah. It, they all had their story at that point. And so I was like, oh, they're too far gone on this story to all of a sudden be like, now we have to go back. Yeah. And then I got reversed. And then we got all <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm too like, oh, God, you were saying something else on this. I can't remember. No, it's fine. We were just talking about how, like, if something will go wrong, Hank McCoy will do it. It's like, yeah. you know how Murphy's Law is like, That's what it will is. go wrong. It's like yeah. Hank's Law in the X-Men universe. <laughs> yeah. And he even, so says it, he even says it in X-Force, the one where they introduce the... Um, the plant creatures the were there. Where, yeah, where he says, I always have to be a step ahead. I always have to plan ahead of time. I always have to be um, forward thinking. And that right now where you just said about that cube, and I was like, oh, snap. It just came into place. Like, what's to keep him from doing that again? Yeah. He's going to destroy Kakoa. <laughs> it's either him or him or Sinister or I'm third mystique. party. We don't know. Mystique. Well, here's the thing. Like, I feel like if Hank does it, it's, like, justified. 
Well, I feel like if any of them but Sinister do it, it's justified. That's right. true. Yeah. Because yeah. this is, um, God, there's like this really good quote, and I forget in which X-Men it is, but where Jean goes to um, Beast and she's like, this is not your dream, this is Xavier's dream. And he's like, I know, but I like, uh, but I have to do it now. And it's like this um, really intense moment where like, you know that Beast doesn't like being around the X-Men. No, Beast, he doesn't. Beast, Beast prefers, do, like, he doesn't hate mutants. He just prefers doing his own thing. Yeah. And he always has a sense of duty and obligation towards the X-Men. Mm-hmm. That's his thing. He's always had to, like, well, I'm the one that has to come and do it. I have to clean up the mess. Yeah, he does love Gene, though. I feel like that's what's kept him around, especially in the beginning for so long. He had deep feelings for Gene that wasn't even touched on until later. And then well, never really talked about. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that whole thing was super. I know we're talking about all new X Men and not extreme X Men, but I have this such specific bone to pick with all new X Men that I need to pick it right now. Um, I hate. So we don't have to talk about extreme X Men because I just. (laughs) 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 Well, there's not a lot to say about extreme X Men. It's just a lot of words. You have to read it. It's a Claremont book, you know. True. Um, But here's the thing with um, all new X Men is that they bought in the love triangle between the O five that they changed it from. Um, Scott, Warren, Jean to Scott, Hank, Jean and that doesn't really make any sense I guess because it, it just wanted to add like this oh Jean had like had a thing with basically all the guys but Bobby yeah I think you she know? did she basically did yeah yeah but um because like at least with Warren it was like he's pretty he's like he's like a fly boy whatever but like with Hank it doesn't really make sense because Hank's feelings for her don't really show up in like, because like in the old, because like here's the thing, Hank is a womanizer. Hank yeah. of all of all the O five, he's a womanizer. So it doesn't really make sense for him to be like this shy guy when it comes to Jean when he's already been with like so many other women and he's already never had feelings for her. For Bendis to go back and retcon is kind of weird. Like they're just friends. I just that that's my specific bone with all new X Men. I I have a lot of qualms with all new X Men, especially when I try to look for a panel of Warren. Because Bendis hated Warren, he talks maybe like ten times. You can tell he doesn't like Warren at all. Nobody yeah. likes Warren. That's like my problem. Being a Warren stan in 2020 is like the worst decision I've ever made. Because absolutely no writer likes him, and you just have to like kind of work with what you've got. And all of what I've got is not really good. Right. Um, I, I like Archangel. You see, that's why I said Bendis. <laughs> I was like, I had a huge feeling that. Children of the Atom, the new one, was going to have Archangel, like, that was going to be his team, like, his little squad. Probably. I, I had a feeling like that was going to be the ones, the kids that he trains. I was hoping that's what we were going to get. But we still won't might. Know. We, we won't, won't know. know until, like, June, which is fine. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, like, here's the thing, like I said, um, let's talk Children of the Atom a little bit. Let's bring it to Don of X. Um... Children of the Atom is one of the books that I am personally most excited for. Um, besides Vita Ayala being a wonderful writer, I just, I'm re- cause I know they said that like all the characters are new characters, but I'm still holding on to that very small shit of hope that Archangel 2 is Timmy, who's Charlotte's kid. I'm holding on to that very tightly because he looks so similar to that, to him. Mm. That, is, uh, that was the black woman. That's what the uh, Charlotte Jones yeah. is the police officer he dated. Yeah, that was yeah. his kid. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a, that was a good fan theory. That was 
which I, I would I would totally welcome it if it is. That'd be really cool. Yeah, I know. You someone, think by now they'd be pretty grown. Yeah, I know someone's theorized that the Marvel Girl, um, one the one who can like move Earth, they theorize that might be like because like one of Richter's siblings. Oh, the Luchador. Yeah. Nice. That'd be cool. Um, and I know someone theorized that the girl Gambit is from that one Astonishing X-Men side adventure, where I think it's Gambit and Nightcrawler take an X-Men fan on an adventure. I don't remember what issue it is. And, like, here's the thing. It would be interesting for, um, Gambit, uh, the girl Gambit. Um, it would be interesting for her to be... (laughs) (laughs) I just got that. I'm sorry. I'm slow. (laughs) It'll be interesting for her to be from like the Guild of Thieves, you know. That would be maybe, cool. Maybe from Belladonna drops something on him. Belladonna comes back and she's like, "I know we're divorced, but like here's a kid who was a mutant. Take her." You that would actually you. make a lot of sense here's because a <laughs> she's a little black girl. And she could be from Bonton, Louisiana. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be really cool. But the only one we can't place is well, I mean, we can't really place Nightcrawler, kid. The little yeah. techie kid. Yeah, and we can't really play Cyclops kid. Oh god, what oh. if it's another Summer's kid? It's oh, the long lost summer niece. <laughs> it could be one of like Jean's long lost nieces. Like it could be like a gray kid. I know right. the grays all died, but maybe they're back. Oh wait, wait. Weren't those and uh what was it that we read? Inferno? Inferno, the her cousins or nephews or whatever. Yeah, I think they killed them though, though, didn't they? No. No, I mean in the in the Shiar thing, didn't they kill yeah. all the Greys? Oh, they killed. So all I the think Grays? they I think they died. No. I didn't. I never read that. Well, so I don't know if they died. Well, also, <laughs> but what if they be brought them back to life? They're mutants. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. But we the X Men have never seen them because this is a new story and they're just not mean X Men. Then how are they going to bring them back to life? I don't so know. yeah. Akuma Matata. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you just say Akuma Matata? Yeah. Akuma Matata. <laughs> um, I, it was funny, like, reading this story because I was like, oh, man, a lot of these people are huge players in Dawn of X now. You have, you know, your um, Lady Mastermind who just came back, which was cool, mm-hmm. and was also involved in the last story we read, of Supernovas. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah, true. That's I was like, oh, that's cool. We back to back. Speaking of Lady Mastermind, she was so awesome. I didn't know, it, like in this story, I didn't know she could do all that. Like I knew she could make illusions and everything, but I didn't know she could go that deep into your <laughs> mindset yeah. and make all that come to life. I thought she just could create illusions. No, she did. Like that was awesome. Yeah, that's why I was like, oh great, let's put her back with Black Tom. Let's see how this is gonna go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, she's excited to go to her call right now. I'm sure. Right. <laughs> um, I do have to say, and I think this is maybe me giving um Donald X a hard time, but I think I would have rather had Vargas as the villain for Marauders than the Hellfire Club. I think he would have made a much more interesting villain, especially since he's gone against Bishop and Storm before. Um, I think that was that was like heightened my enjoyment of that book a lot because I think. Uh, my main problem with that book is the fact that they're fighting kids. Right. That would have been cool. And I think Vargas is just, like, an interesting villain. Like, we know the reason why. Because um, he's still after Destiny's book. And that would tie into, like, the Destiny plot. Maybe he doesn't know Destiny's, like, 
like you can bring Destiny back. You know, yeah. maybe he wants to bring Destiny back, and he teams up with Mystique. Um, so that that might be a this- thing. See, like that's an interesting plot point that I think would have worked much better for Marauders than the Hellfire Club. Yeah, but that might be a thing. Just in the saving. But I feel like he's gonna come into play because he's he's Homo superior. Wait, Homo sapien superior. Yeah. So is he basically almost kind of like a child of the vault? I think he's more like sinister. Okay. He's more like sinister. Okay. <laughs> nice. So I want to see how that works in because I'm like the humans need to have their own big baddie. And I feel like he would be perfect. Well, I don't think he'd be the humans' big bad. I think he's just his own thing. I don't think he's siding with the humans. Well, if you're not with the mutants, you're with. I think he's for himself. The humans are the robots, Rodney. I think he's. I think he <laughs> just already told us that. Well, he says. <laughs> he said no. He said he was over. He's above the humans, and that the mutants are a mistake. So he's trying to create a whole new thing, just like the children of the vault. So no, I think he. I think his thing is that like I'm the best, you know. He's not even, like, survival of the fittest. He's just, like... Trying too hard to be, like, super flashy. And maybe, while I liked the design of, of like, like the designer, I felt like it was trying to co- be, like, a manga, almost. Okay. Where it was trying to copy too much of, like, really over-the-top. And, like, I'm fine with over-the-top. But, like, for example, like... Uh, Inferno. Inferno was over the top, and it didn't really take itself too seriously. I felt like this was over the top and trying to take itself too seriously. Well, because they're extreme. <laughs> it's ex- <laughs> Maybe that's it's what it is. Maybe it's, it's in the title. Yes, this, this is the X Games of X-Men. It said it was PG on the cover. <laughs> I, I mean, forgot who even who what character even says they're extreme X Men. Like this is the extreme. We have to like is it Bishop? I, I don't know. Adam X probably just walks by. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh you my god, Adam extreme. X perfect for team. <laughs> they should have put Adam X in. There. I don't know why he wasn't in this team. Was he around that so time? Good. I was like, there's a team with no Summerses in it. That what that is true. No Summers are on this team. No Summers are Grace were on this nope. team. But a great and that's what makes appearance. this team good. Okay, I'm not <laughs> an anti. I'm not, I'm not anti-family, but I'm not, and I'm not anti-great. I just feel like sometimes we need a break from them. Oh yeah, sometimes absolutely. There are other OGs you can use, you know, True. that aren't part of the polycule. Well, I guess if you're part of the OG, you're part of the polycule. Yeah. Okay, that being said, I would I like. like... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll tell you something. Do you guys want to know something I liked about this book? I like that it used. It didn't use any of, like, the mainstream X-Men. It wasn't, like, a normal makeup of, of team, you know? It was a very it was a very odd man team. Not you mean, like, team. having to have the cliche ones in there? Yes. Okay. It, I liked it because it was just, it was, it was a lot of the reasons why I liked the Supernova. Like, you had the famous X-Men, but, like, it wasn't really, like, the famous X-Men that were, like, constantly on a team together. Right. Like, Wolverine and Cyclops. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they even had the whole thing of, like, why this was such a well-balanced team. And they'd say, like, oh, Bishop's a powerhouse. And then you have your projectile. And you had, you know, your elemental. And the uh, computer. Yeah. They, I, liked the, I liked the team a lot. Especially with introducing a new character that was fairly unknown into it, into the mix. And not having them be, like, the goofball fuck-up of the group was nice. 
Yeah, I don't think there was a goo. There wasn't in a goofball. I guess you can't have a goofball when you're extreme. No. So. <laughs> I think there's all the really good funny moments in this book without them being like. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, someone definitely. Messed up. Um, yeah. It's more of like it's a sincere kind of like we're just joking around and like having fun with each other kind of funny. Um, yeah. Right. Like I really like the moments between like Neil and I know I keep going back on like Neil and Bishop, but their relationship is really good. And I want to point out that Neil only has one earring on. I think he's gay, guys. <laughs> the oh, thunder. Oh no, that's the the human Thunderbird. Oh, that's Thunderbird. Yeah. yeah, Thunderbird. Oh, that'd be awesome. We need more. But the people. funny thing is, like I was like, he literally mourned Psylocke for. A Two book seconds. and a half. Yeah. Because then he started hitting our lifeguard with the quickness. Oh, yeah, he did. He forgot all about Cyclops. He was like, who? <laughs> He's like, ooh, look at this little blonde lady over here. Right. She can turn gold. Pretty. You know, that, you know at the end of, like, the Street Fighter game, where it's like, um, now that I have Avenger Death, I can go back to being, like, a young girl again? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, like, the same thing that happens here. Yeah. Basically. Right. Oh, I do love how angry Rogue is in this, too. Oh, yeah. She was angry. I just love it. I just love her, like, sassiness. And she's just telling off everybody. And, like, when they were, like, digesting Storm's background, she's like, yeah, she used to pretend that she was a goddess. Look how crazy she is. I was like, ooh, she's feisty. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> um, Rogue? Rogue had feelings. She did. She had a lot of feelings. She had a lot of people in her head. Yeah. So, you know. Need some counseling. I did. So it's funny that we mentioned how there was none of the cliche characters, but what power did she use the most? Wolverine. Wolverines. Yeah. I think she used Wolverine's powers in a new way. Like. Yeah. Um, see, here's the thing. Like the thing I like about Rogue is that she appropriates the powers. Like, um, what what was it in the Mutant Messiah the plot line? Mm-hmm. Um, in like the two issue thing where she's going to uh, rescue Hope, where she steals like Kurt's power and Warren's power and Betsy's oh, power. Oh yeah, that's a really cool visual for her because she gets to use cycle between all these powers and she gets to like appropriate them in a different way, versus how like Kurt would only use his transport not for fighting, just for like um, he uses less for fighting and more to just like escape the situation. Right. Not to say that Kurt more is cowardly. She uses it in a more defensive manner, and that's, like, really interesting. So, like, seeing her here, using it in combination with, like, using it while she's flying is something you don't see Wolverine do. So it's fun to see her do it, you know? Right. I think Lara did it for a while when Warren was her boyfriend. Um, where she oh, had, yeah. Like, where they had to, like, double up and do this. But, like, she was doing it in a fun way but by herself. Like, I love Rogue in this. I love this um, more raw Rogue, I guess. Um, yeah. I find her more interesting than, like, the way they sort of toned her down over the years. They which really I understand, did. Which I sort of understand because of, like, sort of character development and, like, having her get married, still down. I think that's, like, yeah. a good thing for her. But also, I'd like her to revert to be a little bit more feral. I think women deserve to be feral. Let's discuss this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like... Okay. Uh, okay. You guys want something positive for me on this book? I will be... I, I will I will I will say I did like her and I did like her and Gambit in this book being together. Yeah. I did, I like, did like that. Yeah, like when Lady Masterman was messing with their head and what does he do? He made them like be in bed together. Yeah. Hooking up. Yeah. That was nice to see. They were she was happy for a second. 
She don't get that that yeah. much. Hey, she, had so. to, she had to have an orgasm earlier, too. There you go. See? Happy times sometimes. <laughs> you gotta pick your moments. Oh, oh my God. When the freaking Red Lotus goes, I have never experienced that before. Yeah. And I was like, oh, dude. Yeah. Don't tell anyone that. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't it's, put yourself on blast. It's like in the beginning of the story. I think it's in the beginning. I mean, like, of, of this whole, like, issues. They say, I think um, Thunderbird is like, how can you be an X Men? We're always fighting, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, you know what? You take the good, the bad. You take, you know, your vacation. I was wondering on the plane, they're like, this is a vacation because we're not doing anything for a second because we're always going to battle to battle. So us just sitting here, being in the sun, is our time to relax because we're probably not going to get this again for, like, another two years. <laughs> so I was like, you just got to take the good with the bad. You get tortured and you accidentally have an orgasm. Hey, that's the good that day. Yeah. At least you didn't die. At least you didn't die. That was think- always a plus. There's a lot of really good villains in this book. I'm just going to say that. Um, I know I said I like Vargas a lot, but I also like Red Lotus a lot. They're both, okay, not Vargas, but um, Red Lotus is definitely very yellow peril. But um, I'd love to see him be rehabilitated for the X-Men. Um, you know, just have, because he is a mutant. Yeah. Because here's the thing, like, we always rehabilitate um, in X-Men a lot of the white characters. Um, the white villains get to be good again. The non-white characters, they kind of get to be evil forever. Right, and yeah. it's only, like, this year where Apocalypse was, like, a good guy. That's true. You know, and, like, that's like, that's, like, leaps and, like, that's such a good... Because, like, even k and is still sort of, like, I'm kind of still shady gray morals. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm, like, my own person now, I'm still kind of shady gray morals, and I'm going to say it was sinister because I don't feel like I'm good. So it's like like we're working up there, but maybe if we had Red Lotus join the X-Men in like a positive way, that would be nice. Because even Lady Mastermind, look, after all she's done, she's just joined the X-Men again like a normal person. Right. You know, she's been forgiven. So I just feel like, I'd like to see him again. I don't think he's been in anything after this. But Mm -hmm. also I have been turned a lot of X-Men since there's like thousands of issues. Well, was Red Lotus um, a mutant? Like, officially announced? Let me check. Because I would imagine that he would be leading that in uh, X-Men Blue when they went to... Um, I can't remember if they went to Japan or where where they had the, like, Asian mutant team. Didn't they go to Singapore? I can't remember. They always go to Singapore, so it's like... No, yeah. <laughs> but, he yeah, is they had, a like, mutant. The, he is a mutant? Come no, on. he's human. Uh, oh, he's human. Well, they can visit. Well, even then, he could be, like, one of their connections, and, you know, because he's he's the leader of one of the triads. Yeah. I well, could be a okay. late developing mutant. Okay, so, um, I'm cheating, I'm on the wiki, but apparently he later went against the Hellfire Club to stop the mutant slavering, so I think oh. he should be, like, he should be, like, maybe on X-Force or something, like a, like right. a confidant on X-Force. Yeah, like a, a, a mutant liaison. Yes. Okay. Oh, you know what, though? I, I almost was going to hate me for this. I was like, he'd be perfect in, in Marauders because he <laughs> took down one Hellfire Club. He can take down them kids. There you go. I wanted and, to say Marauders again, but I felt like you guys would be like, do you like anything about Marauders? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I like the fact that Christian is in it. Um, <laughs> you can go punch the kids. 
Yeah, we're going to show up soon. And I know I've been saying I have a feeling Cameron Hodge would show up soon, but I'm pretty sure Red Lotus is going to show up soon. We're going to see Cameron Hodge and Red Lotus battle each other. Put that down on the books. Right? <laughs> hey, listen, Hickman here's has thing. a lot of things to reach in back, like back covers of books. for. Yeah, I mean, he's planning on the next four years or whatever, so I'm sure we're going to see a lot of past villains come back and try oh, to... Yeah. Do some stuff. Then I even come back as heroes. I'm just going to say this, but Cameron Hodge is like the quintessential um, X Factor villain. He needs to be in Leah Williams' X Factor. I would love to see her writing him. I don't think you guys understand. Like, that that would, like, make my excitement for that book tenfold if I knew Cameron Hodge was going to be in it. And I know it's very weird for me to be like, yeah, I set a character who started an organization called The Right and hates mutant officially, and is kind of homophobic. <laughs> I, okay, so I, I wanted to talk to you about that one. I feel like Cameron Hodge was originally in love with Warren, and the fact that Warren left him behind and forgot all about him kind of started the whole, like, his whole hatred towards Warren. Like, oh, you're better than me, you don't need me no more. Remember when we used to be BFFs and you used to let me touch you? Okay, um, here's the thing. I know he's... <laughs> That was such a good way to end that sentence, Rod. I'm sorry, that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. Do I think I'm just gay? Yes, but do I also think he's homophobic? Also, yes, he can be both. Oh, yeah, he's definitely. Both. He's a log cabin Republican. He can definitely be both. <laughs> There's many like, like that. Like, he's like Pete Pateg. If um, Pete Pateg was like a X Men, he would be Kevin Hodge. <laughs> well, Cameron Hodge is an expert, but like you get what I mean. Yeah. Um, see, like we can't talk about Cameron Hodge this entire episode. We are, because like, I will talk. Like, if you give me an episode to talk about Cameron Hodge and his background, I will. But, see, um, I'm nobody... interested. Like, but who would he interact with on uh, the new X Factor team? Like, does he have any history with any of the characters in those books? I don't know. Yes, um, Alex killed him. Oh, okay. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. Who killed him? Alex killed him. Alex Havoc. Um, Wait, but he's he not on X Factor. Yeah, Havoc's not on X Factor. Hang on, but let me continue. Also, <laughs> let me continue. He also brainwashed Lorna. Okay. Um, okay. He he had this entire, th- which is extermination agenda, where he basically kidnapped all the mutants and had them brainwashed. Like, this was hmm. an entire thing. His The, the best scene out of extermination agenda is... Um, Kevin Hodge putting Wolverine and Jean in the same room for the oh drama. Oh my god, yes. So he can see that. And then he would broadcast that that thing to Warren to make Warren jealous. And I want you to know, that is a plot point in Extermination Agenda. And it's a wow. very good book. Oh, I love that story. So good. Okay, so here's a theory for how Cameron Hodge could tie into X-Factor. <laughs> since their whole thing is finding... They have to find proof that an X-Men or a mutant is dead to, you know, be able to know to revive them. What if he's hiding dead bodies of mutants to experiment on them? Oh, I can totally see that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, another, another theory is that he's teamed up with Mojo. We haven't seen a Mojo Hodge team up, and I think at this point, <laughs> I feel like at this point, because like a lot of villains team up, you know? Yeah. Actually, like, that would make sense because Mojo loves picking at the past of the X-Men, and that would make for good TV if you bring, like, a big X-Men villain back. Well, here's the thing. Cameron Hodge's entire thing is that he's a PR manager. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my yes. God! Yeah, he was with a degree. PR. He graduated with a degree in PR management. Uh huh. So that's his entire. He used to actually PR manage for Warren, not the X Factor, just Warren. Yeah. Um. So he's really good at that stuff. So like him and Mojo teaming up would be fun, interesting, <laughs> oh and like really Team spider silly. legs. Yes. yes, they both have spider legs. And it's they like have wires bug. coming out of their heads. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh my gosh. Oh. This is perfect. We did great. Oh, good job, everybody. <laughs> we, we have to end the episode now. Story. We have to end it. We can't top it. Uh, I was gonna, We're going to get assassinated gonna... by Marvel and Nick. <laughs> I, could see I was going to say, assassin. to bring it back to extreme for like just a second, I was going to ask. You were done with that. Where I was going to ask. I, wanna ask <laughs> I, wanna, I wanted to ask if, you, if Lifeguard had to be on a team non existing or existing, what would she be on? X-Corp. X-Corp. <laughs> she oh, would be, okay. um, remember how we had X, let's, let's amend our last, two episodes ago, let's amend our X-Corp scheme, X-Corporations team, add Neil on it, and then have Lifeguard be the CEO, because she's not connected to any big companies like, um, Roberto, yeah. or like Monet, or Warren, and she can start the company up in her own name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then it could be true money laundering. No. <laughs> she could be. Uh, she could take after her father. And totally be, forgot about that. Yeah. yeah take after her father and do a criminal organization. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> battling her brother for control of the company. No, they were together. Not anymore, because he's a human. Oh, they they allow some humans that are family, as long as they're well, nice. As long as they're nice. Well, I mean, if Storm wants to date a white boy again. Right. Oh, oh God. God. No. I like their connection now. She was real happy. Just because they went dancing. What if she Jesus just Christ. what if she just needs a normal person? Cause she she has a lot. What if she just needs someone to just be bland? She, well not that he's like super bland, but like he's not like extreme. Yeah. So he's <laughs> extreme. <laughs> so what if that's good for her, having just like a normal guy? No. Yeah, no. I rebuke thee <laughs> in the name in the name of all that is mutant. Hooking up with a born ass dude, please. I mean, it's like, not if, my first choice, but it may, but it it would probably be good first. Not my first choice, though. So. Okay, look, here's the thing. I'd rather have her be with a man of color. Stop trying to whitewash stories. Well, yeah, true. Rodney. I don't want. I want her be. I would love to her be a man of color. I don't want her to be back with Black Panther though. No. Charlie did not no. treat her right. Well, yeah. Our fours, neither one of them. No, they, they did not treat toxic. her right. They both every douchey date is a toxic relationship. Wolverine wasn't toxic. He's toxic to himself and you the people, what? but not to her. She needs to go back to Doom. No. No. Wow. Okay. <laughs> On that note. Um. Okay. Let me think of who. What you could. I mean, Namor. Nah. Nah. He, he likes blondes. He does. No. He has. They were they were together in the Age of X universe. I will I will yeah. die on that hill. But Age of X, so Yeah, okay. So um <laughs> if I if I had to like pick an X character, that's hard. Because I can't think uh, of any men amazing. of color. That, that sounds that sounds really bad on my part, but like You know what? Sunfire. I would like her with Sunfire. Nah, he tried to fight her and she kicked his butt. He don't deserve no, but her I, either. I would love that. No, That'd be so he cool. doesn't deserve her. A fiery dude. He doesn't deserve her. He is not worthy of the goddess. Nobody's worthy. Monroe. No one's worthy of her. She. You know what, Callisto? 
There we go. Boom. Yes. I think uh, no Yukio or Callisto. I think we should bring Yukio back for Storm specifically. Storm has yeah. two hands. Storm has two. Like if everything on like <laughs> if everything on Kirko is Palamore. <laughs> <laughs> I can't bring this word. <laughs> she has two hands. She can do two people at once. And Castillo can like use the other to protect um Jumbo Carnation. There you go. Yukio and Callisto are both sort of crime lords in their own way. Yeah, it's true. So, so Storm is Storm is lawful good, and they're both lo- they're both like chaotic good. Yeah, and Storm does like crime because she's a thief. Yeah, she likes the bad people. She likes the bad. Boys. They can be reformed. That's the thing. It's like Chico, um, it's all about rebirth. Yeah. Also, yeah, yeah. So, like, I have like if Castillo Castillo's gonna come back as Storm's girlfriend, I think we should keep the tentacles. Yeah. I Cassandra. Yeah, you see, I, I just I just love this idea of Storm being with like a mask fan person, and that's Callisto. Like a blouse, Do, a feminine top. You mean like a butch? Yeah, like a butch lesbian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I was wondering. You went a roundabout way to go there. The, 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 I couldn't remember the the it, word butch. We, we were on a path. It kept taking some turns, but we got to the destination. I couldn't remember butch. <laughs> we <laughs> made I don't it. I've ever laughed more on this podcast. Because <laughs> when I think of like femme top, I think of like Warren. <laughs> you yeah. know, that's, that's yeah. like what I think of when I because I was really confused for a minute, and I was like, I don't think that's what you mean. I think what you mean is a butch. I meant um, to reverse that. <laughs> a lazy top would be Iceman. Mm. Oh, it's not good with that guy. <laughs> he's still figuring himself out. It's fine. Yeah, he's doing Christian for the Christ's sake. <laughs> Christian, is nice, Christian is a nice guy. He has he has at least one confirmed boyfriend. Who the only reason they broke up is because his father sent his boyfriend to jail. No, That's I'm true. not making this up. That's yeah, did he threaten to deport him? I think so. He threatened to deport his boyfriend. God. Sounds about right. Yeah. Cross dad was a terrible person. Oh, yeah. He was. I just, I just yeah. want to say, I know we've gone, like, completely off topic off of Extreme X-Men, but, like, I want to phrase the Emma Frost solo for one thing and one thing only, is that, like, Christian was very aware that he was a rich white man and that his only non-privilege was the fact that he was gay. Yeah. And I feel like... That was a really good point that they made in there, and that like it's never gonna get picked up again. But I appreciate that he knows. That's all I have to say. I'm Very sorry for defending Christian on this broadcast. Glad he's self aware. Were any of her other siblings mutants, like with the other sisters? Well, one of them was, wasn't um, Ad- yeah. Adderney? So yeah, one. she killed her. Oh my god, bring yeah. that back. We could have three Frost siblings. Oh my god. We already I don't have know. five cuckoos. That would be good. I'm about to say, we already have cuckoos. I'm like, do we need more? I don't know. Oh my are god, they, no. Are they the new Summerses? No. That would be great. Okay, here's the thing. I want to see an adventure between Christian Frost and the cuckoos. They're like, oh, Uncle Christian, that'd be great. And I think we all know that. Ooh, that we would don't be have, interesting. Yeah, we've they never, haven't interacted. Yeah, they've never interacted. What? Get Okay, I know we've gotten again. I'm sorry, I keep mentioning we're off topic, but I have this super I have off topic. <laughs> I have this great idea of uh, this we, is just me playing favorites. This is just me playing favorites, but I've had this idea in like my thick um folder for a while, and I just have hey, almost, to write almost. Yes, yes. Thing. Uh, this is X Men. We all play favorites. 
Okay. Even the writers. <laughs> I know. It's unfortunate. I, I'm a Warren stan. I'm very well aware. Um, so I had this plot point in my head, and I was like, okay, what if we? What if Sebastian Shaw invites Sophie Kafu out so that he wants her to be his knight? Oh. Um, in this plot, something happens to Shaw. Um, I don't know what. He's just like, he's dead or something. Whatever. I don't really, I haven't thought that <laughs> much. Dead. But he decides to like, Ask Kaku to uh, ask Sophie Kaku to become his like white knight, and there, and Christian like finds out about this, and Christian's like the white bishop, so um, he tries to go, he tries to like convince her um, to go to Black Knight so that um, Emma has more control over the three, um, over the black, red, and white kings, and I thought that would be interesting plot because I want to see Christian be a manipulative bastard other than like. Oh, he sold out Kitty. Like, of course he would sell out Kitty. He wouldn't sell out Kitty. You know, That's like, true. like there's not I w- one. Ex- I wouldn't sell out Kitty. Okay, well, I don't worry because this isn't Kitty, <laughs> so it's okay. <laughs> like, um, I don't know. Like, it, it was like I would want to see him be like actual scheming manipulative, like Emma. You know, like yeah, he's he's, he's a lot kinder than her, but I think he kind of has that kind of like. I'm sort of a dick. Oh yeah, he's he's like, cunning in his own way. Yeah. yeah, he's he's a lot more friendly. He's like he's like he'll smile to the press, but he'll also be like, I am gonna destroy their lives. Yeah. And um, yeah, he's a gay dude. He as soon as you walk away, he talks shit about you. Yeah. <laughs> Emma does it to your face. Yeah, yes. Emma does it to your face. He's a catty gay that as soon as you walk away and go, that's the uh, ugliest effing blouse I've ever seen. <laughs> okay. Um, I think that's all we have to say about Extreme Excellence, because I think we ran out of things to say half an hour ago. Yeah, we sure did. Yeah, we talked about it for a good two minutes. We did not discuss the Mora books at all, but that's okay. Neither did the diary. Neither did the story. Neither did the story, except for like two pages, that's it. There was two pages, there was a splash page. One of them talked about the Genosha attack with the Sentinels, Uh and the other one talked about the the schism between Cassandra and Xavier. Well, maybe a plot point in Dawn of X. I know we're about the end, but I just want to say this. Uh, maybe a plot point in Dawn of X will be Mystique trying to find him so she can ruin Krakoa or learn how to bring Destiny back. Yeah. Okay, speaking of Dawn of X, just want to let everybody know comics should be returning on May 20th, which... Oh, I thought <laughs> it was free. It was so close to being free from comics. No! <laughs> No, that's the thing. We like our addiction. Our addiction's fun. It keeps us going. Um, we were so yes. So it's gonna be have almost been March, April, March, April. So it's gonna be about two months since when the comics come out from when we last saw them to then. And I just wanna let everybody know. I don't know the schedule in which they're coming to come out. I'm gonna keep watch on that. I'll let everybody know during the podcast. Um, I have a few friends that work at comic shops, and I'm that I'm asking them to let me know as soon as they know anything, because sometimes comic shops know had no stuff ahead of when we do. Um, and so I'm gonna so we me and the group, me and everybody here, we already figured out our schedule for the next three weeks before everything comes out. Um, next week we're gonna be discussing Necrotia X, which which has multiple connections to stuff coming in Dawn of X. Yeah. We got Celine, we got techno uh we got techno organic virus mm-hmm. and also 
there's zombie X-Men, which we are going to be seeing in Empire X-Men tie-in. Yeah. Boom. Connections. And, and then the week after that, we're going to be doing a reread of House of X and Powers of X, because it's going to be about a year since they've come out. Um, God, more or less. So long. I feel so old. <gasps> oh my god, that's my birthday weekend. It is your birthday weekend, yeah. Happy like, early mm-hmm. birthday. <laughs> um, and then after that, we'll be discussing... Hopefully new comics. Hopefully Hopefully new new comics, comics. yeah. Well, no, the next week... That's the following week after that. The following week, we're just going to discuss Dawn of X as a whole, like, overall so far. Like, everything so far. And then... Like, we've been doing every podcast since. Well, (laughs) we didn't come in until, like, the start of Wave 2 of Dawn of X. True. true, There was a whole, like, first arcs and everything that we came... that we did not do. So and so that's gonna what that's gonna be that's gonna come out on the nineteenth when the next is when new comics are gonna come out. Hopefully, if nothing changes, because I really hope nothing changes because I need new comics, man. Amen. I need. Not... You guys know that scene from the Chappelle Show where the guy scratches he's like, he's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, like that. Yep. <laughs> Ashley. Yes. That. Okay. Um... So. That was my weird uh, 90s comedy uh, reference. <laughs> All right. I think we're good on Extreme X-Men was a cool read. Some of us will finish it. Some of us won't. And I'm Rodders, and you can find me at Rod Bunny Slay. Oh, I guess me. I'm Juan. <laughs> you can find me at... Chango ATX C H A N G O ATX. My name is Fox. You can find me at Agent Fit seven 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 on Twitter. My name is Amos, and I am. I think. Wait, what's my app? I'm. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I'm trying to remember my app. You change I, it very often, almost. I, We're gonna I have to talk about that. Okay, my app is Unworthingtons on Twitter. That's my app, um, and you can find me. Diamond Gore on Archive of Our Own, if you're into that stuff. Did you say Diamond Gore? Yeah. Like, like gore and like stab, stab, kill, kill? Yes. Okay, just want to make sure. That's very interesting. Go on. Okay. It's all the Emma Frost fanfic. And that and this has been uh, the Dawn of X book chat, and we hope you tune in with us next week. Oh, thank you for visiting our 13th episode. We're teenagers oh, yeah. now. Woo! Woo! Adolescents. <laughs> <laughs> thank Have you a great for day, visiting everybody. our half and a hat. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>